Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay, I saw a couple pictures of you talking with George on the sideline after he had some tough balls that just didn't go his way. What are you talking to him about in games to keep them, you know, locked in and bouncing back when, when he doesn't make a catch or something? Does it go according to plan? Uh, you know, just trying to be that teammate, you know, or just be there for him, you know, when uh, he down and not uh, just worry about what he could have did in that moment or whatnot. You know, just me, my job as a player and as a leader, you know, just to step in and just say, hey, it's going to be all right. You're going to have uh, situations like that. It's just how you uh, respond to them. You can't let one moment define you, you know, that, uh, take you out your game or whatnot. So I, I told him, I just told him, uh, I've been there before. You just got to lock in and, uh, you know, let it go. Well, there it is. Deontay Johnson talking about leadership and talking about situations. I mean, this is the growth you're looking for. And when you're thinking about the overall scope, of a team and finding leaders and and every journey every season wolf you can speak to this leadership emerges at different positions for different people at different times and i think for deontay kind of figuring out his way and his leadership style was something that when you get a contract extension right people are going to look at you naturally right and for deontay you know, you have to kind of evolve and kind of transform. And we've seen that transformation, right? We've seen, you know, kind of the auxiliary type of receiver that, yes, I have an extension and, and you know, but yet I, I want to make sure that I'm doing my part on the field before I say anything vocally, voicing frustrations, and to now this maturity process that we're seeing now with Deontay where he is accepting and taking over that leadership role. Like, right, there's, there's no age designation for when you become a leader uh, on a team. It's through it's through those combative moments, right? That adversity right. and guys rising to the occasion that starts to display character, right? You, yeah, you, everybody has great character when when everything's comfortable and cozy, but when, when, where are you when those times are difficult, right? When things are not going your way, how do you stand up and and be accountable? And I think that's one of the things we're seeing with Deontay becoming a leader for this wide receiving core as well as being on the offense, because Face it, you you are now the old guy, right? You're the vet. <laughs> oh, because I thought you were just is, taking a smack so at me. You know, I mean, no, I'm not taking now. a smack at you. Yeah, <laughs> but 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 you know, because for us, right? You know, we we age in dog years in the NFL, right? Yeah, that's mean, the truth. That that that's just how it is. And so Deontay's kind of, I think, seeing that and understanding what that responsibility looks like. Like, there's not a lot of Cam Haywards out there, right? Tyson Alawalos, right? Like, those are outliers when you're talking about age and experience and on this offensive side of the ball yes you have some guys who are older James Daniels Mason Cole but as far as being on this team being a part of this team Deontay's one of the elder statesmen on the offensive side of the ball 
No question about it. And I think it also speaks to the culture of the locker room, of the way it was kind of been since uh, I came here 42 years ago and the way it was before I got here in the 70s when they really started to cultivate that sort of um, the culture of winning, you know, with Joe Green. It, it all started back then. But it all, but I always re- return to this, the great Sam Davis, okay? Sam Davis had been, uh, what, 13 years when I arrived, maybe 14 years. So I was essentially drafted as part one of the guys maybe to, you know, come on and eventually – Uh, maybe replace him but I remember how he made himself available right away in my first days up at St. Vincent you know saying hey if you got a problem with the playbook here's my room number I'm 221 come on over and I'll sit with you and we'll go over it and then throughout the year because he was hurt and ended up on the injured reserve but he would still periodically check in with me how you doing do you got any issues you know da 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 and and I, I love the man for his reaching out you know, very un, very unselfish. You know, I mean, very unselfish. Yeah. And he was just that consummate teammate. And I think Deontay is just another guy in the lineage of great leaders and great players that the Steelers have had who make themselves available to the young people because if you had somebody pay it forward to you, you're going to pay it forward to somebody else. You know what I mean? And that's just part and parcel of what it's like to be in a community of guys, of alpha males who are all trying to achieve the same goal and do so together as a collective. But at the same time, it's all about each individual pulling his own weight. Yeah, and and I think that that, that's what the tale of the tape is when you're going through a season, right, Wolf? You you find these different moments. Like you said, you're going to be up, you're going to be down, guys go off. Onto injury reports, and then they come back on the team. You know, you have all of these different moving parts. I think the biggest thing, the easiest way is fluidity, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a a roster is a fluid situation. (laughs) You know, right? Oh, it it goes up, it goes down. You got enough, you don't have enough. You got too many, and it's a delicate balancing act that you go throughout the season. But those guys who become constants, right, in the lineup, working hard and answering the call when, when it's time, those are the guys that start to develop those leadership qualities. And the guys who've been there, done that, like you said, like you talk about Sam Davis, right? You know, having the wherewithal to know that I need my backup to be fully prepared for the opportunity when the time comes because at the end of the day, I have to be that great teammate. Because if I don't, who will? And if I don't teach him, who else will teach him? And I'd rather teach them the stuff because I know it's right than leave it to leave them to their own devices, A, because they don't know what they don't know, but B, it's only going to make our team stronger and better because guess what? I'm an, I, I'm, unfortunately, you hate to say it, but I'm going to need a break at some point, right? <laughs> whether yeah. it's because of – whether it's forced or asked for, you're going to need that break at some point. Sometimes you're going to have to tap the helmet, and you'd rather know that when I tap the helmet, the guy going in is fully ready and fully capable and realizes what the job is versus him wandering because I'm so worried about keeping my job, right? I would rather train. And that's, and that's what I did. You can ask literally every lineman after me when I was drafted, hey, how was Max as a teammate? Did he help you? Was it? Right. Every one of them could unequivocally say that yeah, Max was there for me for whatever I needed at the end of the day because I felt that much of responsibility, especially when you talk about being a leader, being someone guys can count on, that was one of the things that no matter what went down, I don't care how deep of a battle I was in, I was always going to help Trey. 
I was always yeah. going to help Chris Kimiatu. I'm sorry, Trey Essex, Kiss Kimiatu, Darnell Stapleton, Willie Colon, right, Tony Hills, Jonathan Scott. You can name all the guys. Guys that you're getting drafted to replace you. It was like, no, I want to make sure you're good. Marcus Gilbert, Mike Adams. Now, I wanted to make sure they understood the playbook because right. if anything did happen to me, which I did have a couple of injuries, right, I wanted to make sure the guys going in were fully prepared and ready to rock and roll. No question. Because, you know, the thing about it is you learn that paying it forward is really the best way to operate, you know, and making sure. I think, yeah. if, you know, you were talking about those guys, and I think in my own case with Brian Blankenship and John Rinstra and uh, Emil Boris. Emil Boris was such a capable player, such a good player. It's funny. I, Emil didn't need much help from me. <laughs> he came <laughs> from the, the Joe Moore pit, you know, School of uh, thought there. He was an excellent offensive lineman. But you're right. It's about being available. And I think to this, it was only just a couple of short seasons ago that Deontay Johnson got, went through that, uh, got got his butt sat down in Buffalo. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, he had the dropsies. Um, I, I'm sure somebody came along, spoke into him, and was able to pour a little life into him. You know, and he goes out and he starts doing the things that he needs to do to turn around uh, that at, that incident had develops a routine of catching balls and everything else, and then you know what? Next thing you know, here he is. He's he's now speaking into somebody else's life, you know, and trying to help them. And that's to me, that's just what the culture of that locker room is all about: guys that are not afraid to bring along somebody who's also in their position room, because you have enough confidence. Number one, of your starting position as a player you're confident about that and second of all you know that somebody spoke into your life earlier <laughs> you, you you should be speaking into somebody else's life as you move along in your career nobody does it alone yeah right yeah nobody does it alone there's all there's always a mentor there's always an individual who steps in dare i say role model at times right um that comes in and, and pours into you right that that didn't have to do it but Something within them, an internal voice said, you know, it's the right thing to do, right? It's yeah. the right thing to do, yeah. you know, and, and and once you do what's right, and you can also, it also helps fulfill your own life, right? It makes sure that you're a passing on traditions, passing on your knowledge, and that you're not just hoarding it for yourself. I think that's the other big thing is that, you know, guys get so siloized. That's a word. I just made right? it up. I like that. Um, it shows but, that I can dumb yeah. down even the great genius that you are. <laughs> Which, I, hey, l l listen, nobody loves a better made-up word than me. Trust me. I, I will make go. up a word in a hard <laughs> way. You're quite adept yeah. at making up your own words. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, I, but I think but because guys are so focused on their own process, their own journey. And I think the beauty and the gift that we have as offensive linemen is, is that it is naturally – communal like you have to be sharing yes right yep. there are no secrets in the offensive line because we don't have statistics we don't have specifically individualized defined roles where you can operate you know by yourself for a lot of things right right you know hear a call and i just do it it's like we hear a call we've got a relay we got to play telephone immediately Right, I got to know where the mic ID is. Okay, what's our responsibility? Is there any type of tandem blocks between the centers and guards or guards and tackles or tackles and tight ends? Right, I need to know what all of this information is before the ball snapped. And I think that's what makes like us, and we want to be those shares. We want to be those leaders and communicators because we know that's our job depends on it. Yes. You, can't have, you can't have a tight lip on the offensive line. Like if you, if you can't talk and, you, and you're a mute, 
we're going to have problems and you're not going to last very long. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of truth in that. I mean, there's simple truth in that. You know, again, I go back to a very dark night in my career was down in Miami (laughs) when I got benched. And I remember Mike Webster talking afterwards and, you know, again, speaking truth and humor and uh, slapping me a little bit with, uh, you know, hey, grow up that's this is part and parcel of what life is in the nfl as he always as mike always used to say you know uh, you know you take any criticism you take the good parts of it and you take it to heart and the extra parts that are not so you know nice and everything you let it slide like water off a duck's butt is the way he described it you know you just don't you don't let it you know you know pierce the heart because the heart is what what motivates you what drives you what brings you forward and so uh, those kind of words, those kind of uh, examples coming from such great players. For me, it was Mike Webster, you know, uh, again, Deontay speaking from his own experience of, you know, suffering through a couple of hardships and coming out of it. And, you know, he, 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 here you go. You sign an extension and things are going well. But you're reaching out and, and, and reaching out over to other guys. And hopefully, you know, that's going to be something that, you know, George Pickens will speak to in a couple of years and somebody else comes along and, he's going to be able to speak into their life and, and help them. Yeah, well, I mean, and, and that's what it is. I mean, you know, football, yes, you, you know, with the advent of technology is now easily you're able to replicate, you're able to see things and learn from visually, but it's still a, a large oral tradition, right? Right. Where Ooh, you pass oral along tradition. your knowledge. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Right, you pass along your experience within that room, the traditions that you do. Like, guys – still adhere to a lot of those traditions to this day. You know, I, you know, where there's silly rules about the locker room, uh, you know, or in your meeting room, things that rookies must do or the way you must operate. I mean, all those things get passed down. You learn because the, the guys before you breathe that into you, right? And then you pass that along so that you know that when Coach Tomlin talks about the standard is the standard, yes. well, the standard has to be set by the guys before you. Yep. And so we take all of that to heart. Everything that 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 your crew did, that the 70s crew did, right? All of those things apply to all of us and we carry those because you also carry you carry the weight of the past with you. Like that's what creates expectations. If you have a trash tradition, yeah, you're not carrying much. You're carrying a lot of baggage. But when you have a tradition like the Steelers do, there's a certain way that you must operate. There's a certain way that you must conduct yourself that's becoming of a man that is a Steelers player. And so that's what you carry, and that's one of the proud traditions that you have here. When you put that helmet on, it's a special brotherhood. You know, yep. and you have a decal only on one side of the helmet. You know, those things are things that you take pride with, and that's one of the things that we're learning, you know. But, you know, getting our alumni to get like it's special. We got man, I play for the, what instant brotherhood. You just come in, give me a big hug because you know you went through some stuff to earn that opportunity, right? Yes. You you earn those two numbers on the front of your helmet. <laughs> 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 you know that was that was a big moment. So I think for us, you know, imparting this and seeing these young guys grow and understand that, right? Understand the weight and the gravity of it. I think it's something that we can celebrate, and that's why we want to talk about it because it does make it does make a difference, and you can see that. And guys that watch the games, you know, as I talk to all my buddies and everybody else, you know, there's a certain sense, like, right, man, this is what we do, right? This is, you know, they have that standard in their head because they knew how it was when they were players, and what was expected of them, and that hasn't changed. And guess what? 
There's only been three head coaches <laughs> yep. in the last 50 years, okay? <laughs> so it's not like, ah, it changes all the time. We're not Cleveland. No. You know, where it's like oh, you change the coach. Oh, for heaven's sakes, we're not whim. Cleveland. You know, I mean, heck, they even lost their team, right? I mean, and then they got it back. It was an expansion team. So I think all of those things matter. And when you can pass those things along, it's huge. And I'm happy to see Deontay, you know, answering that call. Like you said, we look to the future for these rookies that will become vets over the next couple of years and what they do to to continue that standard and that tradition. But, Wolf, we're going to step aside real fast. Guess what's because, coming up? Oh, man, it's the cool breeze. <laughs> And right now, yep. I'm sure it's not too welcomed in Pittsburgh, but it's happening anyways. A cool breeze is up there anyways. It's going to blow through the locker room when we come back here on SNR and ESPN Radio. on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Don't fret. I know it is winter time, but just for a moment, just for this next segment, let's pretend it's a little warmer outside. That breeze is a welcome breeze. And of course, it can be only one thing. When you hear this music, the one, the only, <laughs> Jerry Dulek coming to us. Now, Jerry is brought to us by Chupka's 2 Cafe, located in the historic south side, where you can catch all the football and hockey action on their 17 big grand televisions. And, of course, you can enjoy $3 Coors Lights. And you know it's, you know it's Coors when the, when the mountains are blue. So we're not only tapping the Rockies, we're accepting the breeze. Jerry, how are we doing today? Well, Max, you know, it's a little chilly here today. And, you know, my desire <laughs> don't is, say. To be, is to be where you are. Because if I were dyslexic, probably the temperature would be closer to what you're experiencing than what we are experiencing. Well, I will be uh, – full disclosure here, I will say that it is – not as comfortable as I would like it to be. It's about 55 degrees. Um, I would yeah, like it a little, a little bit higher on the you. dial. Yeah, that's, that's a little yeah. chilly. I mean, you know, I actually have to put socks on with my flip-flops. You know? Oh, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Can you yeah, imagine that sight? Yeah, very no, nice. yeah, exactly. Those are some big flip-flops, too, huh? let me tell you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, you know uh, Wolf, I, they always told me that when Max played – his feet arrived at the stadium at 11, and he arrived at 11.05. His feet were yeah. so good. Bada bing. Right. Bada bing. But, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I mean, yes. I, 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 hey, listen, you know what they say about guys with big feet, right? Yeah, they got big, big socks. Yeah, we do. Big socks. Yeah, yeah. big socks. We got big socks. Big, big socks. socks. <laughs> you know, uh, but, no. But, Jerry, uh, you know, got to ask. I mean, what 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 are you hearing from the coordinator world? What were there any nuggets to glean? I know Matt Canada is not exactly the most open and forthcoming, but anything from TA or anything you can share with us uh, that's that's new. 
Well, Max, uh, you know, I am an open book, as you know, and would gladly share any nuggets that I glean at the expense of Wolf eating those nuggets beforehand. But unfortunately, unfortunately, we do not meet with the coordinators till 1145. So it'll be five minutes, five minutes after. Uh, our session here on the radio. The best thing I could tell ah. you is I saw Vince is I saw Vince Williams in the locker room today. That was the excitement and the fact that because he lost the bet with Chris Wormley, uh, Cam Hayward had to do his media session on camera wearing a Michigan sweatshirt. No way. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, oh, actually, uh, actually, a Michigan hoodie. And I think embarrassingly and sheepishly, he pulled it up over his head. Maybe so as not to be recognized wearing a Michigan sweatshirt. Oh, that's sweet. Let me ask you, Jerry. Now, do you think has the has the pressure more or less? I say pressure. And there's not real pressure, but you know the kind of like uh, eviscerate a little bit or let off a little steam over Matt Canada with the rise of the offense the last couple of weeks. Uh, Wolf, there's no question about it, and I'm glad you brought that up because you know I I, I was asked this question. In, uh, in the chat that I do each week. Right. And somebody brought that exact question up, and I said, you know, to these fans, be careful what you wish for. They're all talking about, you know, all uh, oh, the offense looks better, the run game looks better. These are the same fans who want to excoriate and get rid of Matt Canada. So it'll be curious to see over this second half of the season because we've seen progress, obviously. 30 points against the Bengals, pretty good offense. I know the second halves of each of the last two games – haven't been very good, but we saw Kenny Pickett, you know, orchestrate that game winning drive. And so you're seeing progress from the offense. And, and I, I, to to your question, yeah, I think it has because I've had fewer, you know, complaints from people, whether emails or, you know, phone, you know, radio calls or chat questions, you know, complaining about Matt Canada. And so it, it, it will be curious to see what happens over these next, Uh, six games you know how the offense performs and will they want to make a change and bring in a new if not a new system certainly a new coordinator uh with Kenny Pickett look it happens with other teams it happens a lot but you know the Steelers aren't inclined to do that it's going to be a very curious situation over these last six games if they will use that as an evaluator of whether they want to make a move there or not no, absolutely. Um, and, and thinking about that, I mean, you know, I, th- I think one of the biggest things is evaluating the health of our running back room, which is now down. <laughs> um, you know, uh, we talked about Benny Snell earlier in the show about him stepping up to the to the occasion, Anthony McFarland, and the job that they both did instead of, you know, and, and, I'm sorry, in the wake of Najee, Najee exiting the game early um, on Monday night. Um you know, when we look at just kind of some of the questions that might be asked, um, I mean, health and availability, guys, is always going to be a paramount thing that everybody's going to care about. But, you know, I think what's one of the things that we're looking at, you know, especially when we're talking about George Pickens, kind of his his ascension in responsibility and the amount of big plays that he's just had, like, him being a more targeted guy, I think. Is that, is that something that you think might be brought up or asked during the during the conversation? Yeah, I, I think he – you mean with Matt Canada? Yeah, with Matt Canada, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I think um, – yeah, I think it's – actually, Max, it tends to be like a weekly question. Uh, 
And, and you know, obviously Kenny Pickett is going to be more comfortable with George because he spent more time with him uh, in the preseason. Um, and, and you could see that he tends to favor him. It, you know, it would be fair to say he does not favor Deontay Johnson, even we see, even though we saw a few more targets last week, and I expected that. Um, I thought for sure, uh, and they did, they would target him more because of just, you know, all the talk about, you know, why, where's Deontay Johnson gone? Um, but, and, you know, hey, let's face it, Deontay Johnson is still the ninth most targeted receiver in the National Football League, so it's not like he's being totally ignored. And, fellas, he had some chances the other day. He dropped that fade pass in the end zone. He dropped another yep. pass. So, of his eight targets, two of those were drops. And so, you know, does that affect a, a quarterback's confidence in his receiver? Well, probably. Um, you know, we saw George Pickens drop another pass. We saw him drop that deep touchdown uh, the week before. You know, for a guy who catches everything and these uh, ridiculous acrobatic catches on the sideline, he's dropped a couple uh, – He's dropped a couple easy ones, and so that that's a little surprising. But yeah, I don't think there's any question that that's going to uh, you know that that connection, that combo between those two, is uh, is going to continue. And 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 um, you know if you think I talked around that question, you should hear Matt Canada's answer when he gets asked that question. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, here's the thing, though. I mean, you realize, we all realize that Deontay, for him to excel, he also needs to have George Pickens excel. He needs Pat Fryermuth to excel as well because he's gotten the preponderance of attention in the last couple of years, that being Deontay, given the fact that he's, you know, had a, a big year and everything last year and so forth. Um, he's going to draw that uh, that big attention. But so with George uh, Pickens and with Pat Fryermuth, I mean, those guys, you need them to, to stand out, to start to draw some of the attention away from them. Yeah, there's no question about it, Wolf. And, you know, I found it uh, uh, curious. I thought Mike Tomlin brought, it, brought up a very good point a couple weeks ago when he was asked about Deontay Johnson. He said, you know, Deontay has benefited from that in the past with the other receivers who received attention, and he was the third guy, and that created opportunities for him, and he has to understand that it's now the opposite is true, that he's going to receive the attention, and the other guys are going to be uh, afforded more opportunities and have more space to work. And, and But you're right. If all of a sudden the middle of the field starts uh, opening and they continue to attack it, or they start running routes to George Pickens other than just on the sideline, um, then, yeah, that's going to create uh, uh, more opportunities for Deontay Johnson. But let's face it, fellas, he is still their best receiver for getting open. That is his strong point. Um, you know, he separates better than the other guys. So there, there are, you know, I've been told there are four or five occasions when Deontay Johnson is open and, and Kenny Pickett just hasn't looked at him. Now, I'm not going to sit here and excoriate uh, Kenny for that because he's a young guy. Right. And he's still learning. You know, he's still learning to go through his progressions. It's just, it's just not going to happen for a rookie. But, boy, when he knows where he wants to go and he has to make quick decisions, he's really good and really accurate in those situations. No, absolutely. Um, you know, defensively, obviously, you know, TJ's still getting his uh, – his, his field legs. I won't say sea legs. His field right. legs. Right. Um, but Alex Heisman has been a guy that that is that is you know been the beneficiary and also kind of headed the ship. I mean, what are we hearing from TA as far you know as far as questions when it comes to just the leadership role that Alex has grown into? Right. I mean, he's been the guy kind of right opposite Cam 
on that line of scrimmage that's that's kind of trying to dictate the, the tempo with his play. I mean, is, is there any conversations about Alex and just kind of his growth? Yeah, well, I don't think there's any there's any doubt that, and I know from talking to uh, TA about this, Terrell Austin, and, and you know, over the past month or so, that uh, you know they're getting from Alex Highsmith exactly what they need in this situation. I know everybody wants to point out, yeah, uh, you know, seven of his nine and a half sacks or whatever the number is are coming with T.J. Watt in the lineup. But I, you know what? That's okay. That's okay. That's what he's supposed to do, and that's what he's doing. And he's doing it at a more frequent rate than he has in the past. But we're seeing improvement in him. And, you know, he's, he could be headed for a Pro Bowl. He would not only even play Absolutely. the game anymore, but he – he could because um, and who would have ever thought that? Okay, Steeler outside linebacker is going to be in a Pro Bowl. Duh, who's it going to be? Well, you know who it's going to be, but nobody would have guessed Alex Highsmith. And so um, I think, and the question is going to be, you know, his contract will be up. What are they going to do with Alex Highsmith? Is he in a position to go on the market? And as an as an edge rusher, which every team covets. Is he in position to go out and get a decent contract? Well, look, he's not T.J. Watt, but, they, you know, as we have seen, uh, there are plenty of teams in the, in the National Football League that get desperate and overspend. And, you know, when you put up numbers like that, all of a sudden you become an attractive commodity. All that being said, the Steelers want to bring him back. Uh, there's no question about that. And I don't know that they're just going to let him get to free agency. I think they will try to prevent that. I think that was part of that was one of the things they were if there was a player that they were going to go after uh, before the start of this season after signing Minka and everybody else that in uh, signing Deontay and signing Chris Boswell that the next guy that they were going to target would be Alex Heisman and I think this year just reinforces that the only problem would then be is if his agent and he decide you know what let's see what we got in free agency and 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 test the market so I think Alex Highsmith has been very good. He's not T.J. Watt, but if he's on your other side, uh, you have seen that he's played very well, both against the run and pressuring the pocket. No question about it. And I, I have been high on Alex Highsmith. Well, we all right. are for a long time. I mean, just because of this guy, you've seen the results. And as far as with, you know, so many sacks with T.J. and without T.J., hello, you know what happens when T.J.'s not there? He gets the T.J. treatment. <laughs> You know, right, he's the guy right. getting chipped. He's getting the guy with the wall all the time. You know, he's the guy that gets special attention is being paid to. But the two of them together, that's the beautiful music that is performed when you have somebody like T.J. Watt as the other bookend. Plus, as I've, you know, just watching it, you know, just watching Alex and listening to him talk about how he, you know, is constantly picking the mind of T.J. You know, this is where Alex's greatest growth is going to start coming along because Physically, he's he's got all the attributes that you need, this power, speed, quickness, and that. Now it's the mental thing. And one of the greatest strengths I see out of T.J. Watt is his ability to read the quarterbacks, to read the offense, to understand what's going on in the moment, whether to back off and put the hands up, whether to rush. I mean, there's just so much that he brings mentally to the game. I can't help but think that, and first of all, anybody on the other side of T.J. Watt is going to benefit. You know, I mean, there's just you know, no Wolf, question about it. Wolf, I agree with you, and I'm not going to sit here and say that he is better than T.J. Watt because that, of course, is ridiculous. But in some degree, uh, to some degree and in some aspects, he might be a better 
all-around player, if you will, because of some of the things you said. Now, that's not to sit there and say that he impacts the game like T.J. Watt because there's very few guys in the National Football League who do that. But his ability to set the edge and read the run and, 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 you know, and maybe, you know, be a different type of player if he needs to be against the run. He's very good at that. And and that's where he's grown. He's grown in in that area as much as he has in developing his pass rush moves, you know, working on them, you know, the the power move, the speed, the power, you know, the spin move. Yes. Um, And so he's been very diligent at that. And so in some regards, uh, you know, he does some things on that edge other than rushing the passer that, that are, are maybe better than T.J. Watt. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's just testament, I think, to how he has played and how he has worked himself into a solid player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Yeah, Go ahead, no. Max. I, I, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, it, it's something that you have to have that compliment. If you have the same exact guy, then what's the differentiator? So, no, he's definitely That's right. growing and understanding his role. Well, Jerry, I know <clears throat> you have five minutes before you, you, you deal with the coordinators. <laughs> so, I want to make sure we let you off in enough time to get your seat, get your notepad and your pen ready. And then, of course, get get the ever so like almost like auctioneer barker type of hand motion to make sure you get your questions in so we're going to let you go jerry we appreciate you as always thanks thanks for providing a cool breeze into the locker room today sometimes it gets a little muggy in here and a little, <laughs> little funky some guys don't wash their socks i'm just saying they don't wash their just socks. Saying. i hear you well max yeah. i will see you i will see you sunday in atlanta and Wolf, i will see you tomorrow for a little luncheon that we have to uh orchestrate so well, are you uh, going to be down watching practice today you watching practice i will be there well, oh, then, well, then i will, I will see, you. see you there that's yes. right I sounds see good you there. Uh, all right, all right. Boy, it's a nice date. chat with you as always thanks jerry and jerry once again was brought to us by chupka's two cafe right over there in the historic south side like i said you can watch football you can get your pins action in there they got 17 tvs so you can actually make one feel like you're in your own living room you can say hey can i get the game on this one you're fine, and you can also enjoy $3 Coors Lights while you're at it. Wolf, another segment down? Yes. And only one more to go. The Bell Lap coming up next here in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio. is In the Locker Room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN Pittsburgh and Steelers Nation Radio. Presented by your neighborhood Ford store. The F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Bucks third and five at their 15. Bunch left. Back is Gabbard. He throws the pass. Almost intercepted at the 19-yard line. Devin Bush jumped in front of the intended receiver. And that was Hudson, the tight end. Oh, yeah. You know, one of the things, Max, that I, I, I find fascinating is we're not having many conversations about how the linebackers haven't been living up to snuff. And one of the reasons that I, I think that uh, things have been going well, better defensively in the run game, is that Devin Bush has been playing better. Well, he, he he's most definitely had an uptick when you talk about from last year to this year. Um, what leg injury? <laughs> what knee right you know what i'm saying like 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 it's it's almost like the, okay this is the the more mature version of what we were expecting of devin bush when we drafted in the first round right yes he has he has truly answered the call and i think you know and i'm gonna keep saying this the addition of miles jack 
yeah and the commonality that that they that they can share with each other right when you have setbacks you have a, a dramatic injury that changes your view your abilities for a while and the building that confidence back up right i think miles jack has been a great addition and almost like a mentor for devin bush in this process <laughs> because you know before last year he's fighting for the starting job he's in and out of the lineup we're talking about how good he is you know and Schobert's there but Schobert's just for himself he got traded you know midway through preseason right and he's just trying to do the job and trying to learn the defense so that he can execute and he can make the play calls and when you have a Miles Jack come in he comes in in the offseason he's a guy that Devin and him can spend time together they're in that meeting room. They're having conversations. They're watching film together. It's just it's a different thing when the right guy comes into that locker room or in that meet, or in that that certain group on the team and he can speak to Devin and Devin can look at him and can ask him questions. He can be the encyclopedia for him that he needs while also performing and being competitive. You know, I think that's been a tremendous addition and it's helped all of that entire linebacking core on the inside together to grow. Absolutely. All right. Now, having covered that, we've got the last couple minutes here. I got okay. some things for you to ponder, my friend. Okay? Oh, right. So, like it. did you know, did you know it's impossible for most people to lick their own elbow? Can you lick your own elbow? <laughs> I have never tried, but then again, chocolate pudding has not been on my elbow to attempt to try. <laughs> Uh, licking my Think elbow. about that. I, 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 I was sitting there. I was like putting my elbow up, trying to put it up by my face. I'm like, okay, this is you, impossible. You tried to. If I, if I could do that, I would have been in a bad car accident. That's what. <laughs> that's yeah. the way I figure it. You know. Yeah. No. Well, I mean, and also you have to think about this. You'd have to have a shorter upper arm, right? I think that's the biggest thing. Is right. that your upper arm? That bone was it? Was that the humerus? Um, you wouldn't be humorous just, if you had your elbow right in front of your face. It wouldn't work. It wouldn't be humorous. No, at all. no. But I mean, you know. But I think that's why God gave us five fingers so we could lick our fingers. Oh, that's true. That's you true. don't need an elbow when you have ten ten possible fingers that can also hold the same thing. You just simply wipe it off your elbow and then you lick your hand. I mean, I'm just saying. There you go. Okay. I'll get in point number two. All right. You I got five it. of them. All right. How all about this right. one? A crocodile can't stick its tongue out. I didn't know that. Wow. Well, I mean, he, he'd bite off his tongue if he could. <laughs> so I didn't even know crocodiles had tongues. Yeah, well, I mean, there there has to be a tongue, right? I mean, you know, everything. Uh, no, not everything. Anywho, I would have guessed most mammals all have tongues. Because, right, because like an orca, right. mm-hmm. whale, I oh, mean, they got dolphins. Tongues, yeah. They all got tongues, so I mean, why wouldn't a crocodile have a tongue? It's a reptile. It's not a mammal. That is true. It's a reptile, but I mean, well, snakes have tongues. Oh, that's true. Okay. Right? That's a reptile. All right. All right. So, yeah, no. I mean, now this one's going to stump you. I got another one. It's going to stump you. A shrimp's heart is where? Where do you think? In his butt. (laughs) No, I don't know. I have no clue. In its head. In its head. How about that his one? Heart, his heart's in his head. Well, that's why you never eat the head of a shrimp, I guess. 
I guess, and it would be weird if it's in his body because it's like, okay, now I have to cut that out, you know, because who wants to eat a heart? So at least, it, so at least it's in his head where you just you snap that off, you eat the eat the tail and everything else. You know, it's a very long tail though. You know what I'm saying? Like I know, but I, I feel was like thinking, the tail is like most of his. Well, think yeah. about it. We were we were just enjoying the shrimp cocktail there from St. Elmo's. We were, you know, and in in, in in Indy. I didn't even know about it. If you know, if, if the head was yeah. there, you know, you you would have eaten its uh, its heart. I didn't even think about yeah. that. Hey, good thing we had heartless shrimp cocktail, huh? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> here's another myself. stumper okay, for you. Okay. Okay. It's physically impossible for pigs to look up in the sky. How about that one? Wow, I didn't know that. They could. I guess yeah. they got no neck or something, huh? No, I mean, well, you think you, I mean, you got all that good bacon that you're hauling around, you know, just waiting to be consumed. So I guess, yeah, no, th- that makes sense. Yeah, I guess, yeah, they, yeah, they don't have a neck. That's well, weird. except for I never Porky thought Pig. about it like that. Yeah, because Porky well, Pig walked Porky around. Well, Porky stands on two yeah, feet. Yeah, exactly. he stands on two feet, so it's a little different. All right, last one. What's the last? Last one? one. Last one. Most, or not most? Yeah, most people fall asleep in seven minutes or less. How about you? It takes me longer than seven minutes to fall asleep. Yeah, I'm an outlier there. It takes me yeah. a while to fall asleep. Okay. Uh, I can't I can't do it. All right, so Take us now, that, now that we've outlined, Bell Lap finished here on another episode of The Locker Room. Um, also, want to say, if you missed any of our show, if you missed the beautiful part of us trying to co- trying to make a super football team, don't fret. You can go catch it <laughs> in podcast format on the Steelers mobile app or the iHeartRadio app or wherever else you get podcasts. Looney Tunes next week. Yeah, that's right. Looney Tunes coming up next week. We will, we have been challenged, and we will answer the call. I'm already feeling like, you know, Foghorn Leghorns is a dark horse to be the defensive end. But um, you can go download that as well as a, a whole host of all of our shows. I'm talking about the Standard, the Blitz, Godfather, like I said, drop today. Steelers Week in Review with Johnny. He's on on every Tuesday, as well as the Game Day podcast with Mike Tomlin that drops every game day with Bob Labriola. We love you guys. Have a great day today. We'll be on same bat channel, same bat time tomorrow. Have a great day. You've been in the locker room with Wolf and Starks on ESPN and SNR Radio.